0: I plan to speak as the Holy Spirit gives me utterance and I pray, Father, I'll not uh, give any utterance to anything other than what you have already given me or what you continue to give me. And Father, I thank you again for this word and in, in the name of Jesus, we give you the praise and all the glory. Amen. Amen. Friends, things we all know are not the same in this world as they were a year ago and maybe even a decade ago. Maybe they don't, but also I'd like to remind you that maybe they don't need to go back the way that they were. You know, have you ever given any thought about that? I hear a lot of people, they really think, I think they think that when the virus is over, when everybody's gotten their, vac- their vaccine and, and they think that the virus is gone, they think everything's going to be back to normal. But I'm here to tell you they're not going to go back to normal. I don't really want them to go back to the way they were because I think the way they were, we were too placid, we were too relaxed, we had, no, we had no honor, no respect for our God, our Father, or the Holy Spirit. We had nothing. We don't, we don't need to go back. We need to move forward. We need to move forward. God don't want you to go backwards. He wants you to go forward. And like I said, you need to think about that. Could it be that maybe that we have been taking too much for granted? Just maybe. Could it be that we don't know how much God has already blessed us? as pastor Tim was just saying the sacrifice that Jesus made for us maybe we just take for granted that every day that the sun's going to shine and everything is going to be all right well i'm here to tell you tonight that everything is not going to be all right until Jesus comes nothing is going to be all right until Jesus comes but i'm so thankful that i belong to Jesus Christ and i am so thankful that if he comes tonight i'm going with him amen I don't have to be concerned about that. I don't, I pray I don't go tonight because I feel like we still have a lot of work to do because there's too many people out there still in that valley of decision. And I don't want to go yet. As Paul was said, he thinks he would like to go, but it's better that he stay. And I think it's better that some of us stay. We still got work to do. We got fields to plow, as my dad would say. I don't think, like I said, it's not going to be all right. In Revelations 22, 20, and I believe he's coming back soon. I really do. I really do. I mean, all you have to do is look around. In Revelations 22, 20, it says, He who testifies to these things says, Surely I'm coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I can't think of a more appropriate time to talk about the harvest of lost souls and the time that we're living in today, brothers and sisters. What better time than now when the whole world is hurting and in so much pain and so much confusion with so many that have lost their way and don't even know the Lord Jesus. They don't even know. They're wandering around in the dark. But I want you to know that harvesting souls is a labor of love. It's a labor of love. Harvest. Thousands die every day. Thousands are lost and going to hell. I'll just tell you like it is. Because if you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you will go to hell. And it's not going to be. I hear people say, well, that's okay with me because we're going to go there and we're going to have a party. You are going to party, honey. It's going to be the hottest party you ever attended. It says that thousands die. Joel, Joel chapter 3, verse 18 in the New Living Bible says, Thousands upon thousands are waiting in the valley of decision. There the day of the Lord will soon arrive. Thousands have not yet accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, or I should say millions, maybe trillions, have not. If you go do a percentage, the percentage of the born again is very low compared to our population. And When you get thousands or dying every day, every minute, every second, people are going home. They're going somewhere. They're either going home with the people of the Lord or they're going that way. You don't want to go that way. I don't mean to be preaching a, a, a message of hell and damnation. I don't mean for it to be that way whatsoever. But I will speak As the Lord gives me utterance, and I will preach as he gives me the word. If you like it, that's good. If you don't, I'm still going to do it. As long as I have breath. Hallelujah. Like I said, friends, we can't help the ones who've already gone, but we can call in the harvest of those that are still here. And that's why we're holding this revival tonight. It was a challenge. It was painful expensive hard work but it was a labor of love it was a labor of love for you and all of those in the week in this week that's going to come here it's a labor of love it, as I said it's an act of great love for your fellow man and a love of God by the Spirit of God we shall reach out to the lost and the hurting that's our goal And brothers and sisters, we have been sent by God here this week to love you and to bless you. And the pastors that have been asked to be a part of this revival, the volunteer pastors and others that have been asked to be a part of this revival, they are here to love on you and to bless you and to help you in any way we possibly can. But just know this, in ourselves we have no power We have the power only the power and authority of the one that lives in us, and we're only vessels, but we have been given the power and the authority to do what we do. And that's what we're here to do this week, to do what we do, what God has given us instructions to do. Praise the Lord. By the Spirit of God we shall reach out to the lost and the hurtings. We shall overcome this virus. Or anything else that Satan throws our way, he don't have anything big enough to throw our way that our Father, God Almighty, can't overcome. He just—he is—it's a cloud. It's just a—it's it, a—it's a cloud. It's a shadow or something to deceive you. It's—it's—it's a—it's Satan just trying to get control and, and to deceive you. Romans eight thirty seven tells us that we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us, as, pa- as Pastor Tim was saying, he had no greater love as he that will lay down his life. And he laid down his life. God sent the, his only son. Can you imagine giving up your only child? But he did because of that was the only way to save us. There was no other way. Without him sending Jesus down to die for us, we, none of us could be saved. There would be no salvation there'd be no everlasting. He also says in 2 Corinthians 2.14 that he always causes us to triumph. I remind him of that almost every day, especially when I'm on my treadmill. <laughs> try to get on it every day. The last few days I haven't made it. I've been trying to focus on what the Lord wanted me to talk to you about tonight. But I remind him that you know, the Lord tells us in Isaiah, I think it's Isaiah forty three twenty six, to put him in remembrance of this word. So when you're dealing with sicknesses in your body and you're dealing with um, whatever it is, it, can, it don't have to be sickness, it could be finite, it could be anything that you're dealing with. And so when I'm on my treadmill, I'm always listening to other preachers preach, you know, and I'm getting encouraged, you know, my faith is building. Because how does your faith come? Is it going to come any other way? If you don't have enough faith in here tonight, you need more word. And the more word you get, the greater your faith is going to be. The greater your faith is going to be. And so I keep listening. I go to bed with it, get up with it. I listen to it all day long, end it all day long. Your faith is continuing to grow. So when I'm on that treadmill most a lot of the mornings and all, I'll say, Lord, I just thank you that according to your word, that you always calls me to triumph. And that you give me the victory over every spiritual, every spiritual, every spirit of infirmity. You have given me uh, authority over it. And and you've given me the victory, caused me to triumph. And I said, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that according to your word in Deuteronomy, that all sickness and disease is a part of the curse, that according to Galatians 3.13, you redeemed me from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for me by your shed blood on the cross at Calvary. And so I refuse to accept any of these things in my body. And you do the same thing, use the same, you could use the same thing with everything. You want to continue to claim victory. You want to continue to remind Jesus of your triumph. You have triumphed. When you, became, when you become a Christian, brother and sisters, if you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, when you accept Jesus, you got the one that t- causes you to triumph, living on the inside of you. He, the one that gives you the victory in every situation and in every circumstance. You know, you need to know that things are coming to a head quickly in our nation. People who don't know the Lord thinks, they think they're smart, but they don't realize how foolish they are. But our God will have the last word. Friends, the house of the Lord is going to be full. It has not been full for a long time because the enemy has tried to muzzle us and he's tried to shut us down. But our Lord says that no devil in hell will prevail against his church. Or tent meeting or or whatever. In Matthew 16, 19 in the Berean Bible, it says, I tell you that you are a Peter And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades or hell will not prevail against it. Hallelujah. And I say today, the gates of hell will not prevail against God's church. David said in Psalms 129 verse 2, Many a time they have persecuted me from my youth, but they have not prevailed against me. Brothers and sisters, you know why they didn't prevail against him? It was because God was for him. God said, If I be for you, who can be against you? And God was on David's side, just like he's on your side. He's the same God today, yesterday, and forevermore. So he was for David, he's for you. There, there's nothing's changed. God said, I changed not. We don't have to we don't have to be fearful of the devil's tactics because greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world according to 1 John 4.4 4. and as we bring in the lost the house of the Lord will fill up with warriors of the king The gi- and, and the warriors of the king are going to destroy the giants that's what the warriors are going to do we're going to destroy the uh, the giants the giants the spirits of infirmity We're going to destroy the sickness and diseases, destroy poverty and destroy plagues. And with God's help, we're going to destroy all these things that our enemy Satan has brought against us. Are you hearing me? God has a plan and he's going to get the glory. God will not share his glory with anybody. He will get the glory. In Romans 8:11, it says, the, same, the Spirit of God who has raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you. He lives in me. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same, by the same Spirit living within you. Brothers and sisters, you have been given power. You have been given authority. And there is no need to be afraid. Luke 10, 19 says, Behold, I have given you authority to walk on snakes and scorpions and authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing, he says, will injure you. He said, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice, rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. Rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. And some translation says in the Lamb's book of life. I'm glad that my name is listed in the Lamb's Book of Life. Let me see the hands of those that's got their names listed in the Lamb's Book of Life. And if you don't have your name listed in the Lamb's Book of Life, we can get it put there today, tonight. It's easy, 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 easy. All you got to do is tell the Lord you're sorry and repent of your sins and ask Him to come in your heart and take over your life. And Jesus will be right there. As a matter of fact, he's he's here waiting. He's going to be waiting all week. And he's he's patient. I thank God all the time for his patience. He has a lot of patience with me. I don't know about you. But I know that I need patience for him to be patient with me. I don't have that kind of patience. (laughs) But either way, once you make Jesus your Lord and Savior, your name will be listed in heaven's book. Thank you, Jesus. We are going to give you this opportunity in a few minutes. And know that any spirit that is not of the Lord, you have authority over it. And, and these spirits are subject to you. Okay? Just to name a few of the evil spirits. There's the spirit of jealousy. There's the spirit of depression. There's the spirit of strife, spirit of unforgiveness, and the spirit of fear. These are all evil spirits. And all evil spirits, almost all all of them must move in the name of Jesus. His name is the name. The name of Jesus is above every name in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And every knee must bow at just the mentioning of his name. Are you hearing me? Today, people are trying to remove God from everything. So, brothers and sisters, it's time to go to work. It's time to reach out to the lost while there is still time, or Jesus would say, while it's still day. There is a great need for workers, according to Matthew 9, verse 35, in the God Word translation, Jesus went to all, it said that Jesus went to all the towns and all the villages. He taught in the synagogues, and He spread the good news of the kingdom. He said He also cured every disease and every sickness. And we're going to be praying tonight, and we're going to be laying hands on all of those that are sick tonight, We're also going to be here for all of those that want to give their life to Jesus. We're going to be here for all of them. It says that when the, in verse uh, 36, it says, when he saw the crowds, that he felt sorry for them because they were troubled and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is large, but the workers are few. They still are. He said, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest. Saints, one thing I learned as the daughter of a farmer is that when the harvest is ripe for picking, you quickly get the workers in the field or else you're going to lose your whole crop. Are you hearing me? And there's no taking any time off for vacation or going anywhere until the harvest is in. There's, we don't. We don't have time, brothers and sisters. We don't have much time left. We don't have time to be fooling around. We need to be getting serious about this. If we, if you got, if you got any love in your heart at all, for your neighbor or your brother, or your sister, or your family, we need to get them in. It. Do what you got to do. Bribe them to get them here. I tried to bribe one of mine. Do what you got to do. You know, to get them in, you know, to give them that opportunity to sit up under the word, because it's hearing the is the hearing of the word that will convict them, and hearing of the word, it will give them the faith that they need. You have you have to have even faith to get saved, but you'll, you'll hear that word; it will give you enough faith to accept Jesus, and then you can begin there. And like I said, you know, I'd like to share this dream that I had. The Lord gave me a dream, all of us was a dream or a vision, I think it's dream that I had on December the 31st. I saw a field, uh, I saw a field uh, loaded down with grapes. There was acres and acres and acres of grapes in, in, in this field. And, and I could see it so clearly. It's like looking at this tent, but I was seeing acres and acres. Uh, it was all green, but then when I looked closer, I see they were loaded down with grapes. You know, you, you know in the grocery store where they got those big black grapes? I mean, you know, they're really big. Well, that was the kind of grapes that I saw that was on these vines. You know, they, they, they were just loaded down with grapes. And, and down the rows, there was row upon row upon row. And on the rows, they, they were little sticks, you know, that had bags hanging on them periodically, you know, ever so often down the rows there. For the, um, for the for the picking of the grapes. And the next thing I know, I saw the people take the bag and begin to pick the grapes and put it in there. And I really believe that when I saw a dream, I, I really believe that it was the Lord uh, showing me that the harvest is ready and that he's coming soon. I believe he was giving me a picture of just how ripe It is, because the grapes were ripe and they were ready. And if you went to pick them, you could eat them. Now, a lot of you don't pick strawberries. You pick blueberries. You pick stuff. You pick the ripe fruit. Jesus is saying that the fruit is ripe. It's ready for picking. The harvest time is here. If it's ever been ripe, it's never been riper than it is today. And then he began to put this great urgency in my spirit to begin preparing to bring in the harvest of lost souls. So here we are tonight to begin. And I pray that if you have not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that you'll do so before it's too late. As a matter of fact, he put such urgency in my spirit and my husband's spirit that we took money out of our savings and put into the ministry to add to what our partners have been giving us so that we could, uh, at least for the next few years, continue this harvest and do the best we can while we're here. So we appreciate your help and we need your help. But God is going to continue to provide for us because we got a heart for the lost. And I pray every day that the Lord will increase that desire in me to love more and have more, and, you know, and, and to reach out even more for those that are lost. And, and just put everything else aside and just and, and, and just move forward. And we've been doing that with uh, Pastor Larry. Uh, he and I have been doing a lot of ministering to Pakistan and ministering to the lost over there. and you can sit we sit in our living room and, and, and minister to millions. It costs money to do it. They don't give us anything, but what are we giving them? What what's going to happen when you get to heaven? And they say, "Oh, I saw you," you know, on King TV. We not doing it for money. My point is, you don't have to have money for everything that you do. You don't have to get paid for everything that you do. You have to. You have to have a love in your heart for Jesus Christ and for the lost souls. You don't want to see. You you would hate to see. You know, when you pass. When you go down the highway and you see where they've had a collision of two or three cars, or a couple, of people and somebody's gotten hurt, and the ambulances are there, and Tim used to work on those, and he's witnessed plenty of those, your heart just goes out for them, and you begin to pray for them, and say, Lord, I pray that they're not hurt. I pray for them. I pray for them. And so, can you only imagine what's going to happen? To those that don't accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, what's going to happen to them? It doesn't even compare. Don't even compare. But if that person that's in that car accident or whatever knows Jesus, their life has just begun. It has not ended. You don't die. You just make a transition. Only your body dies. Your spirit never dies. For, no matter where you go, your spirit lives forever. Forever. We just want to make sure that it lives where it needs to be living. Hallelujah. Praise the blessed name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'd like to declare to you tonight, in case you didn't know it, there is a revival spirit that is sweeping our world today. And like I said, I'm praying that this will be a catalyst that will help get it started. We are realizing a move of God that he has promised would come. And he promised that a move would come, and I believe it's here. And we must act now if we're going to see revival and harvest in our generation. The battles of history were fought and won because men and women were ready and willing to work and fight at crucial and critical times. We have got to be ready to fight. It is crucial, it is critical. Don't wait until the people come in with guns and take over your homes, and you can't you can't reach anybody. And because they forbid it, do it while you can. Praise the Lord. There have been prophecies that this is going to happen, and all the ones I've listened to so far that are from this one person, everything that from back from thirty three on, nineteen thirty three, on, has happened, and we're getting near some other stuff because everything else he said is true. And there's certain things that would start on the decline has already happened last year. So we need to get ready with the Lord. We need to try to get all those that we know, get them get them ready with the Lord. And David and I are doing our best. We, I know I was a late bloomer. In other words, I didn't accept Jesus until I was late in, light, late in life. But I've been running the race as hard as I can into jails and prisons for 11 years, started my foundation there, and then moving, just called Move On. And David's doing the same thing. He does what he has a ministry too, even though it's at, next door at the company. But he works with me. Amen. And, we, and we run, we're running this race together. Praise the Lord. Words such as quit or concede should never be in our vocabulary. Those words should never, never, never be on our lips. But our battle cry should be carpe diem, Latin, which means seize the day, seize the opportunity. Saints, I don't know when the need for revival has been greater than to now. There is a need for urgency. Jesus said the field's are already ripe for harvest. He said this over 2,000 years ago. And if we're going to have a revival in the midst of this satanic attack on God's people, then we're going to have to strike while the iron is hot. My mama used to tell me that. Daddy said, You know, get that, you got to strike while the iron is hot. And I don't know when it's been any hotter. And I really hope that you're hearing me tonight. It is my desire and the desire of the other ministers here this week. And I pray that it's also your desire to reach out to the lost and the hurting. There are so many that don't know the Lord. Saints, it will not be an easy battle. For I believe we will run into many obstacles. We are going to run up against a lot of walls, but we serve a great God. Just think about what Joshua did. All all God asked him to do was march around that wall seven times. And don't you know that those Moabites or whoever they were, the bites on the other side... They were probably up climbing over that wall and saying, are they trying, you think they're gonna scare us? They weren't trying to scare them. Joshua and then wasn't trying to scare anybody. But they just kept on marching. Amen. You know why? Because God told them to. God said, march seven times around. And those walls then were wide enough for chariots to race on them. They were that wide for chariot races. They marched around. And, when, when, and Joshua gave give them the order to, to yell and break the lanterns or whatever they did. Yes. Down the camp Down the camp We serve that same God. Amen. If he can drop the walls then, don't you think he can knock down a few walls now? Yes. Don't you think he can make a path where there is no way? Didn't he, make, didn't he open up the Red Sea and let the water be on both sides? And did they not walk through on dry ground? Did their feet get wet? And what did Moses do? He just held out. God told him to hold out the rod and open it up. we still serving that same God. He hasn't changed. We don't have to be afraid. We're serving a powerful God. Hallelujah. It says, yes, we're going to run into obstacles. Yes, we ran into yes we ran into some obstacles. And it's not going to be easy. But anything worthwhile is not always easy. It will be as Matthew said in ten sixteen says, Behold, he said, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as servants, serpents, and as innocent as dogs. In 2 Timothy 3, 1 in the English Standard Version says, but understand this, that in the last days there will come some times of difficulty. Are we living in a time of difficulty or are we living in a time of difficulty? You get kind of tired of wearing a mask. You know, you know, it kind of feels like the Long Ranger. You know, wondering where Tonto is. You, you know, I run into people, I don't recognize them anymore because I can't see anything but their eyeballs. And most people are afraid to get near you. So I think we're living in a time of difficulty. The Lord spoke through the mouth of His prophets to declare the workings of His Spirit in a day that He would take out the stony heart of a man and put in a heart of flesh. Thank you, Jesus. In Ezekiel 36 and 26 in the Berean Bible, He says, I will give you a new heart and put in a new spirit within you. He said, I will remove your heart of stones." and give you a heart of flesh. Hallelujah. I'm so glad that he took out that old stony heart I had and gave me a heart. And he said, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues and to carefully observe my ordinances. We've we've come to persuade you tonight to let's take another look at your destiny and to recognize one thing. Our Father is waiting for his house to be filled. The Almighty God is about to do an explosive act of divine anointing in this hour. And He's going to, and it's going to happen now. In closing, let me say this. It's time for spiritual, it's time for spiritual productivity. I declare unto you that it's time to get down to business with God. It is time to show Him the proper respect and honor that He so deserves. And there's going to be a cleansing of a temple of God. And the one thing that Almighty God is looking for in this hour is productivity in the kingdom. He's looking for somebody to get busy. Hallelujah. God is not concerned with how well I preach or how well anyone else preaches as he is with well, how good the results are in the vineyard. Are you hearing me? Too long we've been caught up in the Fearsome and intimidated mindset of what others are doing or what others think. And I've been guilty of that myself. If they refuse to come, so be it. If they don't want it, so be it. But we're going to keep on looking, we're going to keep on asking, and we're going to keep on searching, and we're going to keep on knocking. Because if we keep asking... There's going to come an answer if we keep searching. We're going to find it if we keep on knocking. It's going to come open to us. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. May he live and reign forever and ever. Father God, I thank you again for this word tonight. I thank you for all of those in here that have received the word that was given to me by the utterance of the Holy Spirit. I thank you, God, for the urgencies that you have placed in my spirit and David's spirit. May you, God, place this same urgency in the spirit of all those that are within earshot. May you give the same urgency, place this spirit of urgency in those that will hear this message in days and weeks and years to come. May they recognize that the days are close And your desire is to call your children home and not have to leave any behind. So, Lord, I pray tonight that all those that need to seek the Lord, that want to get to know you, want to give their lives to you, I pray tonight, Father God, that they will come forth and receive your Son, Jesus Christ, as their Lord and Savior so that their name can now be listed in the Lamb's Book of Life and they will know when that day comes, no matter what happens in the world around them, that yeah they know where their final home is going to be. And Father, I pray also for those that have any pain or sickness or disease or whatever in their bodies, if they need healing, I thank you, Father, that you're here tonight, that you are here tonight. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're here tonight. Jesus, I thank you that you're here tonight, that you're just waiting. And I, Father, I, by faith, I'm confident that those pastors that have been asked to pray as well as myself, the the, the lay hands on the sick, to speak the word, whatever it is that you call us to do, I believe that it will happen just the way you said it would happen. And so, Father, we give you the praise and we give you the glory. For us. in Jesus' name, we praise you and we thank you. Amen. Amen. God bless you.